Hello, Ollie here, editor and co-host of Morris Babes, a Dance Like a Girl podcast. I just want to apologise for the lateness of this mini episode with Roland. Uh, It's just life has been life. Uh, Many things have got in the way, but do not worry, because after this episode, Connor and I have got a full plan for the rest of this year, where we'll be recording three more episodes, two with members of the Dance Like a Girl team, and then a very, very special Christmas episode, which will be released on Christmas Eve. So, just to get you into the festive spirit. Well, I hope you enjoy this mini episode with Roland Walters, and here we go. I need to invite Roland now. Roland! Roland! Hello! Go, Connor. Hello, and welcome to Morris Babes, the Dance Like a Girl podcast. This is our second mini episode, and we are excited today to be joined by Roland Walters, who isn't on the Dance Like a Girl team, but has been adopted by the Dance Like a Girl chat. So and family. It'll... And family, yes. He is considered Dance Like a Girl family. So... We are your hosts, Connor Smith and Ollie Simons. Ollie, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Oh, I'm I'm it's I'm so different from when we have done that last episode. Yeah, I'm feeling so different. You know, I've I've drunk another third of my pint. You know, it's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Connor? Since since last, I'm doing very well, thank you. I've been very excitedly reading Journeyman. The novel by Emma Melville, oh, which is a kind of folky crime fantasy novel. Very exciting. And I'm reviewing it for the next edition of Dance Like a Girl, which is out in October. How exciting. And, uh, and where can they get this journey, man, Connor? I believe you can order it off Amazon and Waterstones, but it, it may be worth checking with local booksellers in case or you could ask emma yourself on facebook on the journeyman facebook page yeah i've heard lots of good things about it and i do see that um is it a sequels coming out very soon i'm very excited i think i've read that it actually happens chronologically before journeyman so i am very very much in anticipation now, this is very good. I'm not really a, an avid book reader, but I'm uh, you know, hearing a lot of good things about this book. Uh, it makes me want to dive right in. So I might be having to use your copy once you're finished with it, Connor. It is, it is remarkable. Um, spoilers for the review. I am a fan. Uh, but yes, if you want to know more, tune in to the next... Well, not tune in, but read the next Dance Like a Girl. Which you can pre-order because i believe is it a hard copy the next one i don't know i haven't heard that the next one's printed but um am i just making this up <laughs> the problem be. is we don't have we don't have sally with us so don't take anything we say for uh, but get get the get the month of october in your diary for the next issue of dance like a girl just put the whole thing in your diary the whole of october yeah we don't uh, that, no don't trust us for dance like a girl news we are 
we are just a podcast. We, we, yeah, we, we're, we're just the we're just people in the basement that are allowed to do what we want. Separate, so we don't interfere with the actual ish, uh, articles themselves. Ollie, would you like to bring in our special guest this week with perhaps a fact file? Do you have a fact file? Oh yes, Ollie's fact files back. Right, we have Roland Walters. Is it? Is that Walters? Yes, Walters. <laughs> he <laughs> Walters. No. Doing so well already. Yep. Well done. His 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 side, his main side is Kemp's men of Norwich. He has been dancing for roughly two and a half years. His favourite dancing location happens to be in front of the Norwich Cathedral, and his favourite tipple whilst out on a dance out happens to be a beer by Moongazer. Rightfully named Jigfoot. So, welcome, Roland Walters. Hello. Hello. <laughs> we need to do. Yeah, that, that's that's the proper way to greet a man of Roland. Yes, exactly. So, I I remember the first time I met Roland. I very timidly walked into uh, Kemp's Men of Norwich practice, and. Uh, no, I'm very excited to have Roland on the podcast. He's also. I, I, sorry, say that again, Roland. And probably at the end of the evening, you couldn't remember anymore, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bye. Well, that's another thing that you need to add to Roland's fact file is is that you can't drink with him. He, and he, I found this oh, out. He's a sponge. I I found this out on Burns Night, didn't I? Uh, I went for we went for a lovely dinner in a in a pub. Uh, and then went drinking with Roland, and uh, well, we ended up in Arboretum, which is a lovely place in Norwich. Uh, you can go by, like, how do you explain it, Roland? It's like a, an antique shop with a bar. <laughs> yeah, so you can buy everything found in that uh, bar, and at the same time, they have lovely cocktails and beers. Yes, and I, I think on Burns Night they're doing a lovely, perhaps whiskey gin mix, sort of warm whiskey thing, which was gorgeous. Really, really enjoyed that. Uh, I think probably three cups of that. Had a pint of Aspals before I went there. Then we went to Brewdog in Norwich, and I tried to have a pint of Punk IPA, but I couldn't finish it. Uh, uh, you don't want to know what I was like in the morning, but what you do want to know so we had dancing England in Nottingham the next day, where we were supposed to be on the stage with the Norwich Pageantry Group and <laughs> snap the dragon. And I was dick fool, and I did feel a bit like a fool because, <laughs> because uh, uh, um, I won't even tell you the details of that horrible morning. But let's say the car ride to Nottingham I spent with my uh, head firmly back and eyes closed and uh well let's say i was feeling well enough to go on stage later but that was my one experience of drinking with roland never again (laughs) (laughs) to be fair connor you you are pretty much a lightweight okay so so that that was quite a good night for you but i'm you know i consider myself quite a hardy drinker even i struggle with roland and yeah, go on. What's your story with Roland then? Oh God. Um, oh, there's far too many. Um, 
Well, um, I think it has to be the the night we went out drinking and um, rang up one of our friends multiple times just shouting boat at him. Oh, yes. And, yeah. and from that, we now have a an, an inside joke of boats. It's not really an inside joke. It's just an inside... Uh, uh, yes. I don't know. Connor it, it this, doesn't he, Roland? Do you remember ringing Connor up? No, did we ring Connor up at all? Uh, via uh, Facebook Messenger, we did it, yeah. Uh, by Messenger, yeah. It sucks the life out of me to, to go onto the Dance Like a Girl chat and see videos of people just saying boat into their phones. It doesn't <laughs> make sense. It's not funny. You, you look so pleased with yourselves. <sighs> it's even more funny, though, Connor, that you're getting so wound up about it. <laughs> like, it's just the word boat. <laughs> It actually sounds quite horrible, though, isn't it? You just introduced me like as big as alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are from the Netherlands, okay? So, yeah, there are hardy drinkers out there. Right, everyone, stop what you're doing because we've had a comment on Facebook. What? I will read this out. I will read this out. What? What's the? Co- I didn't even know we had a post on Facebook. I put a post up saying, "Got any wacky questions or things to respond to?" So we have our first one. Oh God. And it is from Nikki Daly. All right. Oh. And they've put, you encounter a wild Morris beast. Which <laughs> Morris-related item, including those from Morris-adjacent dance styles, I'm not fussy, would be your implement of choice should you need to defend yourself? Ooh. Pronking. Oh. I need so, that. Sorry, Rowan? Pronking. Pronking. <laughs> oh, do we have to explain pronking now? So, pronking was, I think, go on, you explain it, Roland. I think it, it cropped up in Kemp's Men of Knowledge. In Kemp's Men, yeah, when we were on the weird tour, um, we were, after a long day of drinking, we were still drinking some whiskeys in the hall. And then we started a conversation about pronking. So one one of the members started explaining what pronking was, and we didn't believe that pronking was a real word. Yeah, we we thought he was making it up. And then and we, uh, we started incorporating it in the dancing. And so what it actually is is was to to be all stretched out with all the legs, jump as high as possible. It's like for young deers to do to um, kind of show off. To their mates. Get ready for mating. Yeah, exactly. And, and it soon became a word that you'd used to, de- to describe other people in the side. So, it's, oh, he's, he's pronking again. And uh, I don't know about everyone else. I sort of use it when someone's not putting enough energy in. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> oh, bloody pronker. Uh, <clears throat> no, I need to read this. I encounter a wild Morris beast. Yeah. Which Morris-related item? Oh, Ollie, you go first. Now, I, I think uh, the item I'm going to go for, even though I absolutely love this item, is going to have to be a pipe and taper. Now, the pipe and taper... Against a wild Morris beast? Yeah. Now, the thing is, you can get those high notes with the pipe, and you can bang the taper very hard uh, to either confuse and to scare the beast... Or 
you can um, charm it and it would answer jig for you whilst you uh, sneak past. No, I, I think I think you no? must be dead by now. You go okay. up to it, it's tronking in a pipe and tabor. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the correct response to this question. Now, I don't know what the name of the implement is, but you know Northwest Sides? Yeah. And they're always twirling those things around that look like dog tuggies. Oh, um, Molly's or Bob, uh, Molly's. No, I prefer I prefer dog tuggies. They're dog, little, dog you tuggies. know. They're okay, dog toys. Yeah. So, and so, what this huge Morris beast turns out to be is is just like a big Morris dog, basically. And, and you just throw a dog tuggy and you play fetch with it and you tame it. And you've got you've got a magical Morris beast, a tamed pet. But only only if you're wearing clogs with those dog tuggies. <laughs> well, that is an amazing question. I, I absolutely love that. And for it to come in live whilst we are recording um, made it even the better. So yes. thank you, uh, Nikki, for that amazing question. And, uh, thank you very much. We, we want more questions like this. More questions. Now. On the subject of a wild Morris beast, what would a wild Morris beast look like? Well, I suppose maybe like Snap the Dragon. You know. Mm, oh, the dragon. Oh, I I don't know. Uh, just having this thought, you could have an I like a bit like Pokemon Go, but for Morris beasts, you know, <laughs> the hooded horse or something. I, I made right. I made this up, and it never got made for Dance Like a Girl. It was called Pokemon. <laughs> we were gonna do we were gonna do cards of Morris monsters. It, it was a thing that I was going to do. So. Well, I think yeah. that, I think now after this question, it needs to be done. Any Morris artists out there who would like to uh, join us on a venture of creating Pokemon cards, please do send us your designs of Morris monsters because we would love to see them. Oh, right. Well, moving on, Roland, we have you here. Do you? Oh, yes, you're you're here, aren't you? Are you? I don't know. Uh and that's also a funny thing, which like with Utrecht Morris, I started dancing since Zoom started. Mm. I started uh, to attend their Zoom practices. Not, I'm not a member, but I'm just practicing, practice, well, practicing with him, with them as well. And at the same time with with Peterborough Morris. So maybe that's a good one to talk about as well. The, the opportunities that you actually arise when all the Zoom practicing started. One hundred percent. Yeah. No. Um. Zoom, you know, we we did have we did touch upon you know why Zoom's good in the last episode, but yeah, you know, you you've been able to join in with Utrecht and come along with Peterborough practices. You've you made new friends, haven't you? You've learnt new dances, and the key of it all is that you've kept dancing during lockdown, and it's keeping up that fitness and that social aspect, which is very important. Mm. And lo lots of people. Yeah, you know, if you live at home by yourself, you do miss out on that social aspect. So, having these wonderful Zoom sessions have just been wonderful. You know, and you meet so many more people actually, or you actually uh, are able to meet more people in short term of time instead of that you need to travel all the way three, three, four hours to an area where you dance for a weekend. Now you just go on Zoom, see them for an evening have a nice session of drinking and don't bother about how to get home. 
You're, still, you're already at home. <laughs> you to roll across the landing to your bed. Yeah. It's a safe journey home. <laughs> I wouldn't quite say that, you know. I, I managed to walk into the door frame or something <laughs> whilst trying to get from my laptop <laughs> to my bed, you know. So, swings and roundabouts. At least, you know, if I fall over, I know where I am. Do I? But some, something you said there, Roland, something you encountered and something that I think is important and worthy of note is the stigma that English people seem to attach to Morris dancing. So what you said was that people of um, other cultures think it's great. And, um, you know, we obviously think it's really important. It's something that, it, you know, a tradition that's been carried on that gives a lot of people great enjoyment. Um, yet we we don't really own it as a country we sort of are embarrassed by it uh, we think it's silly uh, it's it's hard I don't know why that exists perhaps it appears archaic or not serious but it's certainly a problem in that English people don't really want to claim it. it. It's sort of this weird thing that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. The interesting thing is actually that um, during a certain session at the John Inner Center, we were dancing there and they really enjoyed it so much that eventually when there was an international conference organized, we were invited to dance for a conference when they had their dinner. Mm. I really enjoyed that. And all the people that were actually attending it, they really enjoyed it. And they were like from all different areas of the world, from China, from America, from, uh, uh, from even from Africa, um, they all attended it and they totally enjoyed it. Except for then some of the British, you could immediately see, the people that are actually from England because they started laughing like, what is this? Why are they doing it during a conference? And all the other people yeah. were like enjoying it and really amazed by the performance. Well, was, was that the one that I attended? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because the one I remember is that when we, when we came to do Bonnie Green, there were just loads of people who stood up and, and dancing and formed a huge ring around the, ra around the room and we were capering about and everything. And uh, I know that the most likely people to have stayed sat down are probably the English ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way it is, I think. Uh, I, I did find it funny when you said uh, having to explain to your, to your friends and family back home what you've been doing. I mean, I don't know how you'd even try, really. It's like I'm holding two bits of cloth. I've got bells on my, <laughs> on my legs. And... Uh, no, I have no idea I'd explain it because on the surface it is it, it well it does look silly on the surface. But you know, when you get to doing it, the stepping and the figures, you know, they've got a sort of uh simple intricacy to them. Um I think you, you really do have to do it to get the get the fun of it. <laughs> Roland, obviously, I think a lot of people relate Morris dancing as being a very English thing. So I, I think you may have said to me 
in private the sort of things people have uh, said to you as a non-English person doing Morris dancing or well I don't know the sort of reception you've had maybe from your family that you've said you've been doing it I don't know I, I I'm, I'd be interested to see if there's anything at all or if it's just a cool thing because a lot of people I don't know whether they they think that people I don't know only English people do Morris dancing which is such a, a crude and, and horrible statement uh, because obviously to us it's just a lot of fun and I don't think it really matters but I'd be interested to hear, hear your take on it. And the most interesting thing that I actually found from from this whole aspect was like all the people outside of England think it's so cool, so nice, really good to see and they really enjoy it when you do it. It's very hard to explain without any videos or anything what you're doing. If you like, for instance, when I was explaining to my family, I needed to just get some YouTube movies. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't understand what's going on there. Um, and also in the international environment that I work at the moment, uh, all of the people that were non-British, actually, they really enjoyed it. And when I talked then to some people uh, from England, they, for instance, started laughing to me. I told that I was Morris dancing. And that was a bit of a weird notice that I had. Like, why are they only associating with, like, this is a weird thing to do, or just you're just making fun of yourself, instead of that they think, like, it's a nice way to express your heritage and kind of try to raise the folk scene and also think about what happened in the past and try to keep going with it as well. It's it's a brilliant thing that this kind of folk events are still going on in England. Uh, what I don't see that much actually in the Netherlands. Maybe I wasn't really a part of those societies or those groups and not in that environment. However, I, I really didn't see anything on the streets or anything about folk dancing or music. So I don't think there's that much of folk scene going around there, at least not in my direct area where I was living in the Netherlands. So I really appreciate it and embraced it because I really love it. Uh, and then I found out there were also some Dutch sides, like Utrecht Morris, Helmut Morris, Helmut Morris, of which is quite an old site, I think. Yeah. yeah. They were 1933, weren't they, or 34? <clears throat> Oi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I just remembered when us three went to uh, Saddleworth Rushcart, my first Rushcart. Always on tour. Yeah, no, everything. Oh, that was brilliant. That was a brilliant weekend. Yeah. Everything from the car ride there, you two screaming and singing with, with uh, drinking. Oh, that's right. We had a I, well, I, we had a bottle of wine to share, didn't we, Roland? And we had a couple of tinned cocktails. Yep. Um. Still some beer as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because we weren't too short yeah. time we were going to arrive, so we thought we had to match the, the drunkenness of the people in Saddleworth. Yep. So, yeah, we had to start pre-drinking. But yeah, that weekend was great as well, because we also went into a kitty, didn't we? Um, and and I, I found the best kitty bag, which was this little pink sort of kiddies um, handbag, wasn't it? With a nice big fluffy pom-pom, all mm. with pink glitter on it and everything. And oh, it, it's the best kitty bag. We were never going to lose it. 
and no one would want to steal it either because they would not want to walk around with that you know well what i remember what i remember is the last night where uh we ended up at that that final pub didn't we we were uh, yeah the, the um, upper mill yeah yeah we were having shots and stuff oh the shots uh <laughs> yes it, it was shots we got a taxi back didn't we a taxi back and then we still kept drinking back at the hall didn't we and i i yeah, I, wore, except... I wore a Saddleworth morris man's hat um yeah, except I got a taxi back with you, Ollie. And when we were back at the accommodation, I went to the toilet. And while I was gone, do you, do you just want to say what happened while I was gone, Ollie? No, no you say it, Connor, because I can't remember. Right. So when I, when I come back from the toilet, everyone's like, oh, Connor, you're here. We thought we'd left you back at the pub. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they're all pretty drunk by this point and I, I sort of went well of course I'm here I, I was in a taxi with Ollie didn't he see and uh well no because no one could remember seeing me uh there, there are some great pictures from that weekend well from that evening with you and Connor uh, you two with your arms wrapped around each other and uh, Roland looking very mischievous and Connor looking like he wanted to escape <laughs> Uh, it, it it was yeah it was a fantastic night but it's you, moments you like that which absolutely love the morris for you know it's it's those late yeah, nights when, when every, every everyone thinks you've gone missing and they're just too drunk to remember you got a taxi with them <laughs> yes and th- then you start playing card did we play card games when we got back i can't remember well you didn't you bloody your head hit the pillow and you were out <laughs> but was, was that did they have a marker pen that year we we did stay up for a little bit of music, a little bit of a uh, Harvey did a little jig, jiggy thing. Oh, did he? More drink, a little bit, a little bit of card game. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think now. Calm down. Because there was a Saddleworth Morris man. I, I don't think we should name him. Who <laughs> fell over oh. quite a few times that evening. <laughs> And obviously, there's so, there's only so much we can blame it on the clods, because back in the back in the hall, he he, <laughs> he fell off the chair he was on as well. <laughs> it felt like we were uh, constantly picking him back up and asking if he was all right. But it, it was a great weekend, and yeah, the Saddleworth lads hat off to every rush cart you guys do. It, yeah, it's one of the best and most surreal events. If you mm. if you ever had the chance to do a Saddleworth rush cart out there, guys do it even if you just go to watch and drink just do it it's it's so yeah lads and lasses since i think uh female sides are now welcome yeah uh, this year would have been the first year that female and mixed teams were uh welcomed just to be honest it's not really to do that much with the dancing almost i would say Mm. it's just brilliant to catch up with so many different sides and be able to have the opportunity to mix around because you're always on the stanks, walking, pushing or pulling. It's that social that social time you're when you're pulling or you're being the brakes of the cart. Yeah. You know, it's 20, 30 minutes between each spot. So mm-hmm. you know, even if you're on a stang with your mates, but in front and behind you there's people you don't know, you just start talking to them, you start singing marching songs, you start dancing, you know, 
it's an, it's a very good experience, isn't it? And you know, I'll tell you what was cool stand, cool stand all the way. <laughs> I'll tell you what was surreal was watching the wrestling. Oh yes, yeah, the Saddleworth wrestling is um, I every year I've been going, they, they've been going. Ollie, you're next. You're next. <laughs> Get ready. Uh, in- I'll tell you what, I I, break I watched it and I thought, there's no way I'm ever signing up to do that. Have, have you seen me? Have you seen my build? There's no way. Well, yeah, since I've seen someone who's quite, you know, stocky break his little toe, I was like, no. I, I would die. I would be crushed. You would snap like a twig, wouldn't you? <laughs> now, now, Roland, you're, you've got a good chance with that. I, I think you would do really well with the wrestling. No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> It's great, I, you know. I dance with Red Leicester sometimes, and we went uh, to Saddleworth Rush Cup. And one year, um, one of the Saddleworth boys were, uh, one of the sorry, uh, Red Leicester boys were put in. And our face paint is sort of, um, it's a red. Oh, what's it? Um, oh, what's the style of paint? It's um, it's oh, what is it? It's it's not like um, face paint. It's Cork? Um, no. It's red. Um, oh, I can't. Like, it's very greasy. It's very greasy. So they um they mixed a load of this paint with I think sort of baby lotion or something, and because you've got to do the fighting with no shirt on and it's just your trousers rolled up, they slathered him <laughs> in this red concoction, and then the person he was fighting with, he just kept sort of slipping out of his arms like an like an ice cream lollipop, because. He would go to grab him, and he would just just pop out. <laughs> and it was great. Yeah, they could they couldn't catch him or put him down. Cause it... <laughs> well, um, have we got anything else? What's next, Tom? Have we got anything? To talk? What's next? We've been talking for a little bit, haven't we? Oh, Roland, you've been. We were talking about. Uh... Morris dancing on Zoom on our, our previous episode. Uh, mm-hmm. And you've been fantastic at organising the, your, uh, what have Kemp's named you? The Kemp's Communications Controller. All sweat with something, so, something similar. And convener as well. Yes, convener, yes. Uh, so you've been fantastic, basically uh, acting as Zoom squire, really, setting up the, the Zoom meetings for people to either join in with dancing or as just meetings. Um, so how have you found the experience of getting the side to participate in Zoom? And if you can, the difficulties or things you've overcome and uh, the great things about it? Uh, well, initially we started with just chat sessions uh, where actually many people had difficulties to get online. Hmm. So, and I think it's still the case for many people that not really grew up with many computers or with the whole um, video chatting or uh, other forms of chatting on the computers. I don't think they all really appreciated this kind of things. Of course, there are um, people there. Um, so that was the hardest thing to kind of get people online and see that it's actually all right if you go on the Teams or Zoom. Um, and after that, 
which I think of the dances, I think was really worthwhile because when we started doing um, dances that you normally do in a full set, so six men or eight men dances, but then alone, try to uh, find your spots which <laughs> number you're dancing and then try to keep sticking with it. And then we discuss how the movements are going again, uh, discuss how the dance is going because the calling is not coming through as much. So actually many people now start to learn uh, which figures they need to do when and which, which traditions. So I think this is a great opportunity now to get people a bit more knowledgeable about the whole uh, dance dances per se. In which tradition you do what, uh, because normally when you have a collar in front, some people simply get lazy and don't think about it. <laughs> just start yeah, you, you do need to be expecting the next thing to happen. And I've, I've seen it happen where people rely on the calls too much that if the caller even hesitates a little bit, no one knows what they're doing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. It is, is very very good for the dancers and also I assume the musicians because they've been deprived of watching the dancers because when they watch the dancers there's a bit of lag and the dancers are behind where the music is currently playing so the music has to know how many A's and B's to play and uh, you know what speed they need to be played so you're, you're playing blind as a musician so I assume that the musicians have also had to learn and adapt very much, yes. Yeah, that was initially was quite a problem because then you need, really need to think about okay, how many A's and B's. As a dancer, you also don't know it that much because you don't think about it. Mm. So initially, we needed to really think about okay, how was it again, and how was it going again? And then, of course, you had some people that because we haven't danced for the first month or month and a half before we started the Zoom dance sessions, some people got injured as well. Yeah, yeah, I imagine that. Yeah, it's it's really hard getting back into it once you've stopped because, I mean, uh, I've been having to go to sports therapists uh, recently because I've uh, had problems with my shoulders, which uh, has kind of lasted since October, and it, it sort of pointed out to me the importance of warming up and and really taking care of yourself if you're if you know you're going to be dancing. Mm. regularly um you need to keep your fitness level up you need to warm up and cool down properly all things like that i was just going to say what a brilliant job you've done with uh kemp's men and uh really thank you for um keeping the side talking to each other and dancing because uh, i think that uh as we said in our last episode it's been really really important another thing that i would say about that as well is how great it was to have so many different sites kind of coming over we attended some other sites meetings as well uh, we've been dancing with i think seven or eight different sites including like utrecht morris that you normally they wouldn't really go to that easily only for a weekend maybe um and also say like white rose uh so many different sites that are a bit further away for us to really normally see for an evening or for a weekend and yeah. there were great opportunities you do, it's very hard to think if you only think in problems but you should look in solutions and maybe challenges yeah yeah 
No, it's fantastic. I mean, to think about in a year where you think about how many people you would be seeing at all the festivals and events you go to and, and people you'd see throughout the year that suddenly there's no chance of seeing. Um, to be able to see your own side, you know, that's a luxury. But then to be able to invite other sides to your Zoom meetings and see them where you'd be going to Days of Dance and seeing them normally. Um, it's fantastic how our Morris community has been able to survive uh, via just online communication. So it's really important and really uh, how to get through these seemingly apocalyptic times. <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much, Roland, for joining us on this mini episode of Morris Babes. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, awesome. No, we've had we've had fun. We always have fun, don't we? So uh, thank you, listeners, for listening in. And please do tune in to our next episode where we'll be continuing to introduce the Dance Like a Girl team. Uh, I think scheduled next time, we may have Ellie Bird, sister of Sally. Not that it's important. Uh, but yeah, see you then. And remember, keep dancing, babes. Both. Little farewell. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>